I'm so excited that y'all are here. I mean, we are the people, in my opinion, who are making the world a better place, <laughs> for sure. Because, uh, you know, whatever we do to help our adults, our graduates, is going to help more than just them, you know, because we're figuring this out. And um, I have some I have some theories on all of that, but um, I really believe that we're the ones that are going to make this world work for more people. So, yeah, we got um, a lot of people coming in right now, which is great. So I will keep admitting people as they come in. I thought I turned it on so you, I, I didn't have to like click this button all the time, but that's, you know. 20 year old. Okay. From Georgia. All right. Good. All right. Husband 60, 59. He just found out. Okay. That he has autism. All right. A lot of anxiety. I think it comes hand in glove with autism. I really do. I think anxiety is just part of the package. Well, it's part of the package for all humans. Um, you know, that's our brain just trying to warn us that things aren't, uh, you know, normal or regular or whatever. And, you know, it's trying to keep us centered. And I just think there's something about, um, you know, thinking it through that makes it more difficult for the autistic people that we love. And I have a lot of autistic people that I love. So this is great. Yemi is here. Hi, Yemi. Um, Hi. Anya. Marie, excellent. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> so happy to see you here. There's Beth. Beth is here. All right, we got Tom coming in. All right, the 23-year-old male, ADHD, ASD, was on his own, but now back at home. Yep, that happens. That happens. David, 21. Okay. Vancouver. Hello, Vancouver. Yes. Um, I'm not too far from Toronto, but that's pretty far from Vancouver. <laughs> All right. This is wonderful that y'all could join me today. I really am honored that you're here. Um, and I, I will do my best to make every minute you're here with me worthwhile. I, I can almost guarantee, I, I think I might even say the guarantee that you'll get one nugget at least from today. So that's my, my goal. So it is one minute after the hour. I will keep clicking. So if you see me looking over and clicking, it's because I have to, because I didn't figure out the tech properly so that I didn't have to. So um, I'm just glad you're all here. And I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So today's agenda, we're going to go over why we're all here and what is flourishing, why does it matter, and how to identify and remember the strengths. And um, I really believe that this is, uh, the strengths is what we want to start with and end with and live with every day as much as we can. So that's why I want, um, and that's backed by uh, some really good research. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm here because, uh, well, oh, and, and I just want to remind you that each day is going to build on the, the day before. So please, uh, it's really important if you stick, stick with me for all three days, because what you're going to end up with is your life GPS. And I'm gonna urge you to uh, use it every day because repetition matters. That's what rewired, that's what wires our brain to remember what we need to remember so that we're the best version of ourselves more often. 
So um, I just want to remind you to please come here um, tomorrow at the same time, get it on your calendars. And what I'll be doing is the beginning is I will be giving you a presentation and then I will um, answer your questions. So I'm hoping that the presentation only takes up about half of the time that we're here and then the other half of the time I can take your questions. So if you think of a question as we go, that would be great. And yes, if everyone could mute their mics, that would be lovely. So do you know how to do that? You hover over the screen with my picture with me and you go over to the lower left-hand corner and you click mute. So now it's the so whole message by you because it was from my patient that would be knows lovely. her. So you can say, you so know, I am just going to say make nothing. Sure. But you can say, you know, Rob from, know. Trinity, from the church, Rob Collegia recommended. I'll just say I know you, but I don't know. I can't get this. Like say like this is incredible. You should be able to hit on it. I'm hitting on it, Kev. Watch my Santa. Just, yeah. just watch your arm. I just don't want you to break it. I'm going to mute say. as many people as I can, but if you could mute your own microphone, that would be lovely. It would save us some time here. Um, oh, everybody's got it. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. So um, more people coming in. I just wish I had figured out the tech. Anyway. There's a way to do it so I don't have to admit each person, but I haven't figured that out yet. So great. Thank you for being here, everybody. So, okay, so we're going to talk about why we're here, what's flourishing, because that's what we all want, and how to remember our strengths, because those are going to give us um, a nice, solid place to operate from. So I'm here because in 2016, my family was not flourishing. We were languishing. I just spent six weeks or six nights on IV because I was septic. I had a kidney infection from a urinary tract infection that I said I didn't have time to go to the doctor to, to get taken care of. And graduate number five in my family was talking about suicide. And he was saying that the therapist is not helping. And I had to figure out a better way to manage both me and um, help my family more. And that's what I've been doing since 2016. And then in 20, um, let's see, what is this, 2020, during the pandemic, I decided to offer what I've learned, 20, actually it's 2019, to others and in hopes that it would help them as well and cut out some of the time. Um, I've read a lot, listened to a lot, and I just want to condense it all for you so that it's really, uh, you can get started. So... Um, did I do everything on that? Let me look and see. Yeah. And also because I want my kids to flourish. And oh, by the way, I want to flourish too. And, you know, that's what I think we're all here for because we'd all love to flourish. And I do want to make this world work better for people and, and you know, be as inclusive as possible. So my goal by the time that you're done with the three-day workshop is that your masterclass is that you're going to have your own GPS it's gonna be recorded and you're gonna know how to use it so that you can start using it now so that when it's the right time for you to join the art of adulting and bring in your, your graduate, then I'm going to, um, you'll both be using the same tools, which is what I found frustrating when I had my kids in therapy was that they would go to therapy and I would go, what happened? And they would say not much and I wouldn't know how to help them. So the idea, the way I've structured my program is that we're all in it together. We all have the same tools. 
we all use the same tools, we know what tools they are, um, and that repetition together is really what helps make it stick. So I just, um, Carol just joined us and she is also a member of the Art of Adulting. She's been a member for a while. Um, I think we've known each other three years now. I think we just hit our three-year mark, Carol. So, um, and she has a 17-year-old at home with her. And she's been in the program since he was 14. So um, it's it's been very helpful for me because Carol has some per personal experience um, with diversity that she'll probably share with you if I can, if we can do this. So 15 year old son we've got here. All right, so I'm gonna keep going. So I wanna urge you to make a copy of the workbook and one for you and one for your graduate because we both wanna do this work. The reason we wanna do this work is because then we'll be better prepared to answer any questions that our kids come up with. Not to mention the fact that I think it's gonna be very useful for us to be on the same in the same system. Because you know, family is a system, so it really helps if we're using the same tools. So I want you to make a copy for yourself and a copy for your um, autistic graduate, and you can do that. The notebook, um, I'm going to have Britt, who is also a member of the Art of Adulting. She is a graduate, and um, she's here to answer any questions if your graduate joins us as well. So she's going to put the link to the workbook in the chat so that you guys have it. It's been, um, if you just signed in, it, um, you're gonna have a link to it as well on the replay page. So don't worry if, uh, if you don't have it right now, but I do want you to have that workbook with you while you're going through this. So thanks so much. And we've got a lot of people still joining us. So um, I really appreciate your patience, everybody, as I look over to the side over and over again. So this is the Autistic Adulting Roadmap. These are the three things we're gonna do. First, we're gonna talk about who we are at our core, like what is what really resonates with our true heart. And then tomorrow we're gonna to talk about what do, we, what do we do next to get what we want, which is an ind as independent as possible. We want our kids to get what they want because we won't always be here helping them. So we want them to have as much practice while we're here getting what they want so that they know how to do it when they're on their own. So thank you. Um, oh, <laughs> there's Brittany. She's got the best sense of humor. And that's one of her strengths, in my opinion. So here's what happens as we try to address the challenges that come up with having um, a neurodiverse, what do we want to call them? Alternative learner, whatever we want to call them. Um, I like to call them graduates because I like to start with what they have already accomplished. So we, we um, tend to attack if things aren't going the way we think they should. We tend to avoid if there's work that we know is required, that's going to require a lot of our energy. Those, that's the way that we often end up showing up. So just so you know, people, I'm going to mute you because sometimes the, um, the sound from that is distracting for others from your... Um, from whatever you're doing or saying or you know just being it, it happens so let me just get back to my other page there we are because i can't change the slides unless i have both up all right so what i want us to do is approach and that's not as easy as it sounds it's one word and it sounds simple but it isn't because there's a lot of stuff going on 
And I want to make sure that you have the tools, the approach that works for you, because we are all unique and what works for one doesn't always work for the next. So I just happened upon this article. It was just published September 21st. And it's about the quickest way to improve our family's mental health. Because you remember, I was not in such a good place. And it was uh, in 2016. And this article specifically focused on parents and teens. And I think it's extremely relevant to us because I think often our kids lag in development because of the kind of brain that they got. So they're our 20s, their 20s are a lot more like their like the teens of somebody who doesn't have an autistic brain. So I really do believe that this research that they quoted in this article is absolutely applicable to us. And what they found was that the article was describing was that parents and teens' emotional health, health is deeply interwoven and that parents are just as anxious and depressed as their kids. And that I found to be true um, in my family. And we still work on it every single day. We were just at the doctor for our physicals this morning and my doctor was just sharing that there are times when she feels depressed. It's gonna happen. We're all human. We're gonna have our dips. And what I will, what I provide inside the art of adulting are the tools we need to manage those dips. But I'm gonna give you the framework and some of the tools right in, the, in these um, classes. So, the statistics they quoted was that 18% of mom of teens, 20% of moms and 15% of dads are anxious. They did the same similar numbers in depression. So the point is that we're all, we all need help to better manage our mental health. It's just, you know, part of it. Let me just mute a couple people. There you go. So um, here's though the nut. And that is that people with autism have brain changes in both high-level processing reasons, regions. And this, I think, is fascinating research. They actually examined 750 brains and uh, you know, were able to show anatomically how there are differences in the autistic brain versus the control. And you know, it's like, this is not our imagination. Things are differently wired. Our brains process, autistic brains process things differently than the other part of the bell-shaped curve. All right, so we don't wanna push everybody into the bell-shaped curve, that would be boring. So the fact is that at least 3% of the world's population have autism. It's probably higher than that, but let's just take 3% of two, of three, no, sorry, 8 billion people that means that there are at least 240 million people in the world that have a brain that looks like they like looks like it's autistic and wow so what we talk about being you know what autism is is normal for people with autism it's just not normal for the you know for the bell-shaped curve fine i don't want to just um you know have a world full of people in the middle of the bell-shaped curve curve. I like being around diverse people. So, but, you know, here's how Mark Hutton describes the impact of having an, an autistic brain. Now, Mark is a YouTuber who focuses on couples where one's one has autism level one and the other one doesn't. And I find some of his words are so helpful. He's a, a therapist. He says, we need to recognize that there can be mind, emotions, and time blindness. So it's hard for our, our 
an autistic brain to imagine how the other person is thinking, feeling, and how much time it's going to take to get stuff done. Executive dysfunction, meaning the just organizing piece and all the things that we do to get things done can be difficult. Sensitivity to sensory input, I see that. Difficulties extrapolating the lessons from past and projecting them into the future. Processing speed in my house is slower. I have to be careful not to, um, I have to be really careful to go at their pace and their pace is the right pace, period. And I cannot push on that pace. What works for them works for them. And I need to accept that. And the preference for animals, tasks, and, and things over relationships, that makes just, just makes sense. I mean, you know, it's just, if you look at all the people who may, have made significant contributions, who also have an autistic brain, it's usually not in the area of social work. I mean, it's just the kind of brain, you know, that the, that the genetic lottery um, came up with. Again, this is normal, not just not typical. We don't all fit into that bell-shaped curve, and I'm very thankful for that. It means we can all be ourselves. So, um, Carrie, I'm just going to mute you just because it sometimes the noise is, is um, you know, only one sense is necessary, right? So I do want to, I'm going to bring in some of the teachers who have informed my last five, six years this is one, I don't know if you know Bill Nassen at the Autism Discussion page on Facebook. He's no longer active, but boy, did he produce a ton of content there. It's all free. And I went ahead and bought his books because anybody who's worked with the autistic population for 30 or more years, I think really needs to be heard. And then I think all autistic people need to be heard as well. So he's saying that you know, there's just a lot of invisible cues, relationship cues and contextual cues that are difficult to interpret when you have an autistic brain. And that's why we cannot assume. So we have to really provide this, this information to our kids and clarify, 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 and verify understanding because we can say things, but it doesn't work unless they get it. And unless it sticks, that's what really matters. So that's why we clarify and verify all the time. So um, now here's the fellow that is the, uh, his, his name is Martin Seligman and he is the father of the positive psych psychology movement currently. He was the um, president of the American Psychological Association. And this is why short, times with therapists or short classes or whatever doesn't seem to work. And that's because we cannot cure the differences, nor do we want to, because the differences really allow us to enjoy what they bring to the table that we don't have as a strength they have. And so the whole point is that we have to be in order to continue to benefit from whatever we've done in terms of um, therapy or in terms of classes, we have to make sure that the learnings are extrapolated and applied. And that's what he's saying. And I'm going with him because like, he's the chief guy in the psychology area. So let me just, um, let me just pause for a moment and let me look in the chat and please tell me, does this make sense? Um, 
to you all. Can you just give me a little bit of feedback in the chat? What I've said so far um, does tell me definitely. Okay, good. Thanks, tomorrow. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I, it's going too fast for you. Sue, I'm so glad that you have the, re that I have made it possible. You're going to have the replay. And I hope to, by this afternoon, have taken the transcript as well and edited it and given you um, headlines within the edited transcript, you know, so that you can find whatever you're looking for inside of it faster and easier. It's, uh, it's going to take me a little bit of time, but I really want you to have access to what I'm telling you about. So um, I appreciate your feedback and I'm, you know, just so everybody knows on next Wednesday, I'm available at 11 o'clock. I just, I'll give you the link to sign up. In fact, Britt, if you have the link to the mini masterclass next week, if you could put that in the chat as well, because if you come, I will be there and it's usually a smaller group and I, I will do my best to answer everybody's questions next in, next Wednesday and the following Wednesday, whatever works for you at 11 o'clock. I'm always, I'll be there until Christmas, until the week between uh, Christmas and New Year's. So is the PowerPoint available? I hadn't thought about that. Um, hmm, that's a good idea. So it'll be available in the replay and you can take screenshots is the best I can do, but maybe I could actually even download the slides too. So the men that I've referenced, um, this is Martin Seligman. I will, he's on another slide. So you'll see how to spell his name. Thanks for all these. This is great. All right. Just last, the last couple of weeks ago, we were in Washington, D.C. with our son, his beautiful wife, and our adorable two-year-old grandson. We have eight grandchildren, and um, and many are diverse. And I was struck so much by Martin Luther King. On the side of this, of his monument, was... Um, okay. Out of the mountain of despair comes a stone of hope. And that's my purpose here for you today is to give you hope and to let you know that you're not alone. You're definitely not alone and that this is a safe place for you to go. Okay, so that's where we are next. All right, Britt put that in, in the, uh, oh, you're so welcome, iPad. Um, <laughs> so this, this store, this research piece that I referred to earlier from the CNN article is caring for the caregiver. Again, it's the link between parent and teen, but I still think it applies 100% to us. And the bottom line was the way to improve the mental health of our families is to start talking. They said, you can go to, you. they just echoed Martin Seligman's words. You can go to therapy. You can take the medicine. You can take the courses. What really matters is how we apply what we learn together as a family. So, and the and it doesn't cost us anything. We just have to start talking. So um, let's let's start. Let's admit though that talking can be painful, but it stops you know the grief, just the heaviness of life, just to making making us silent and. Um, you know, sore of heart. So it's really important that we start this dialogue with our kids and that they feel comfortable talking to us about whatever they want to learn about life, whatever they want out of life that we talk about it. 
because as Barb Avila says in Seeing Autism, which is a marvelous book, I highly recommend that every step of progress matters. So uh, my graduate number six this morning took, uh, went and got her blood drawn by herself today as a first. So I'm so pleased that that was our step of progress today because I didn't know that that would ever happen. So that's great. Um, and Barb advocates this process where we do our best to understand what's happening. We connect with one another and we agree on what we're going to practice. And I have these three steps in my head. If something is sticky, not going so well, I do my best to understand first, figure out what's happening in their minds, and then we together jointly agree on what we're going to practice. That's the process that I advocate and that has worked for us so often. Again, in her book, she says that partnering with a person with autism takes purposeful and artful planning. It cannot, we cannot just assume that the way we were raised is going to work for the way that our kid needs. And that's why, you know, we want them to we want to be thoughtful and mindful about the way that we ask them to connect with us and share control over what's happening. And it's not easy for anybody. So let's get to the definition of flourishing. This is what Dr. Seligman believes is how we get the most out of life, all of us. And he has sworn that he's going to do everything he can to get 51% of the world's population flourishing by 2051 which is going to be interesting because he was born in 1942. So we'll see if he can make it that long. But several others have picked up um, that objective, including Brian Johnson at heroic.com. He defines flourishing in these words, perma plus four. Perma, you'll see it's the first four, first five characteristics, and then, then he added four more. So it's positive emotions, makes sense. Engagement, meaning that we're really into what we're doing. Relationships meaning that they are, you know, supportive and, and are there for us, the meaning that we're doing things that are meaningful to us, that we can find a higher purpose for what we're in, that we're achieving things, that we're, you know, being successful, uh, that we have. And then the four things I thought that they added were genius because we have to have physical health. It, with our physical health, then we have the energy to tackle all the challenges that have been brought to us because everybody has challenges and we just really need them all to be, um, uh, They need we need to be healthy so that we have maximum energy. And a positive mindset, which isn't, it's more like a growth mindset. We are not trying to be Pollyanna here. We're just trying to understand that the biggest purpose we have is to grow. And the work environment, now he added that one, and I think that one is so important for our autistic graduates. My kids have had several jobs. My graduates have had several jobs. Some are more conducive than others to their um, mental health. And, you know, if that's the case, then let's make sure that we notice that and we help them, you know, manage whatever's going on in their work environment. And if possible, you know, over time, figure out what's working and what's not working, and then see what we can do to find a place that works better for them. Really important. And of course, financial security. And financial security just means that, you know, that's about all that we in life. So, you know, which would include 
uh, safe housing, access to medical care, food, and transportation to work. And then, of course, the tribe that supports us through everything. So those are the five things that I believe are most important to all of us. So, okay, now is the perfect time for us to set our life GPS. We, we're learning how our kit, our graduates learn and our graduates learn are, are there at the perfect time because it suggests that when we're in our 20s is when we can do a better job listening to ourselves think. And the metacognition process is what's going to help us get where we want to go. Let me just, there we go. All right. So thanks. Um, the recipe for flourishing is knowing what our strengths are and then recreating our life as much as possible to use them as often as possible. So that's the first step for your life GPS is to know what your strengths are. I've been doing this for a long time and I have never found two people with the same set of strengths. So we are all unique and I'm thankful for that. And when we know our core strengths, I gave you the reasons inside the workbook, but I'm gonna add some more. And it's just helpful to know how powerful we are and that we can create what we want. And it helps me, I know, I center myself when, myself when things are going a little wonky in my house, which happens and um, on the regular, so you're not alone. And, um, you know, it just helps me say, okay, how do you want to show up, Lynn? Because that's what matters. How do you want to show up, right? So then also, when our kids go to those interviews, you know they're going to get that question of, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know that that's going to happen. And so now they can answer that question. If they know their strengths, then they can answer the question that their strengths are just when they overuse, our weaknesses are just when they overuse their strengths. So they all have to do is they have to memorize this list of strengths and they can say, okay, I am very virtuous. I really, virtues matter to me, but I'm, um, sometimes I can carry my virtues to a fault where I'm a little rigid about how everybody else should behave. Perfectly logical, great way to emphasize their strengths. Okay, I'd be happy to hire somebody who, you know, who had, who is aware of what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. And that means that they're coachable I can help them. So knowing both strengths and weaknesses is so helpful. So, all right, how do we do this? Well, we, in, we set a clear intention that we're going to respond using our strengths. Garrett, Greg Hammer is a pediatric oncologist and he wrote this book, Game Without Pain, for uh, healthcare workers who he was watching struggling with what bringing, you know, the stuff home from work. And you can imagine what a pediatric oncologist uh, deals with because it's probably pretty heartbreaking to watch kids with cancer and watch the parents go through that as well. So he just believes that, that by setting our intention in front of us on a daily basis, this is going to help us. So one of the practices is that we actually um, recite our strengths before we go to sleep at night. I do them every day in the shower and whatever we can 
to get them stuck in our brains so that we can just rattle them off and we can recognize them when we're overdoing them. Because we want our kids to have the power to be present, original, whole, energized, and resilient. And this is from Dr. Shafali. She wrote a marvelous book called The Parenting Map. And um, I just, I read every word and I've listened to her being interviewed on podcasts. I just, she's got an awful lot of good things to share with us. So that's what we want. We want them to be present, original. We don't want them to look like anybody else, whole, meaning that they feel like they can express themselves and that they're, they're not masking, energized so they can do what they want to do and resilient because life's gonna knock them down. And there are a lot of people in the world that just not understand autism and, and the impact that it has. And, you know, that's just the reality. That's, that's just the way things are. So if, when you're coming in, if you wouldn't mind just muting yourself, that would be lovely. And then I wouldn't have to do it um, just because we want to be sensitive to the amount of information that's coming. And sometimes the extra noise can bother people. The, the other reason why we want them is we want them to recognize where they're having difficulties, where they're over, overusing us their strength because we want them to ask for accommodations. We want them to advocate for what they need at home for sure in the workplace, as long as they believe that it's going to work for them. We really, really want them to advocate, especially with us, what it is that's going to work best for them. So the only thing I do want to remind you is that if we sometimes we get um, impatient with others who don't have the same strengths. It's like, why can't they just be honest? All right. So it annoys us the most when we care about something the most, it tends to be the same thing that annoys us the most. So I just wanted to mention that, um, that a strengths-based mindset focuses our talents on what we do best. So that's where we want to be. There's, in the workbook, it, I have the process to find your mind, your strengths. One of them is you can visit viacharacter.org and take their test. But there's a quick way we can do it together today. And just notice how many people around you are focusing on the strengths. Here's Temple Grandin in her book saying that cheerfulness, kindness, beauty, and truth are some of her strengths. And it, it just comes out when you notice the people that you really admire. And so that's what I want you to do right now. If you could please put in the chat, I would just love it, but think of somebody that you truly admire. And I gave you examples in the workbook and um, I'll, just, I'll just look at um, Dr. Martin Luther King. And I admired his, I admire so much about him. First of all, I admire the words that he spoke. They're so well put together. I mean, he's a true craftsman in the area of, was a true craftsman and, a, and a, uh, an exceptional Beethoven, Mozart kind of guy who could really put together the words that, that hit us both at our heart and at our head. So um, he's so good at that. He was very determined to make happen the vision of people noticing the other through the contents of their character and not by other external indicators or in, in our case, invisible differences. And so I believe that being part of this 
equality movement is one that we parents of autistic graduates embrace and that he was a fabulous leader in that area. And if you can think of those five, I'm not sure. Oh, there we go. Annie, thank you. Honesty, curiosity, integrity, passion, acceptings. Oh, this is what I love the Roman emperor Augustus Caesar. Tell me about him because he was um, he was taught by a lot of stoic teachers. And I'd love to know what you think his strengths were as well. Knowing these is so helpful. And then um, what I like to do is combine them into a strengths acronym. Mine is SCARF. So I'm going to put mine patience, long suffering <laughs> and compassion, which I think means determined or, per, you know, you persevere. Um, Manny T, is that okay <laughs> to everyone? Mine is SCARF. So it's strength. I want to be, actually, I'm just going to use, I want to be strong. I want to be compassionate. I want to be um, active, regulated, and focused. And it spells scarf because I do love scarves. Uh, Carolyn and Deborah, I'm just going to mute you just because it's easier that way for others who are trying to listen um, to themselves. So look at this leadership, stoicism, honesty, discipline, and integrity. Look at the crowd of people we have here, you guys. I mean, seriously, we got some really good people. I mean, this is cool. Strong, compassionate, active, regular. Oh, that's me. Hello. Um, resilient, honesty, critical thinking, excellent communication, acceptance. I'm hearing acceptance is a theme here. That's really important. Compassion, excellent, follow through, respect. Love these. These are wonderful strengths. I'm so glad for you and for your kids that you have these strengths. All right. So now what you have to do, did I direct? No, I'm sending those to everyone, right? Did I do that? Oh, shoot. I didn't mean to send that just to Anne. Can I do that again? Oh, technology. We love you. We hate you. Okay. No, I want to take this to everyone in the meeting. Thank you. I see it didn't work. Okay. Now it did. There we go. Strong, compassionate, that's SCARF. So I like to turn our strengths into an acronym because I find it much easier for me to remember it and practice it. So it's going to take some wordsmithing. You may have to Google, you know, strengths that start with a vowel because often the ones that we come up with um, are consonants. So the question is, what? where is the workbook? Judith, if you scroll back up the meeting chat, you'll see the link to the, um, to the chat, to the workbook. It will also be on the replay page and I'll be sending that on to you. I'm hoping before four o'clock this afternoon. Um, so that's great. So, oh, Brittany's got it right there. Look at her, she's just amazing. Yes, so everybody's here and I've, I've muted everybody just because um, it, the extra noise sometimes bothers people. So I'm really happy that you're all here though. And, and if you have to come in and out, that's okay too. All right. So five strengths of someone you admire, wordsmith them into a um, acronym that's easy to remember. We want to not only know ours, we want to know our young, our graduates, because every time we see our graduates acting in their strength, we need to tell them we see it. So this morning, when my graduate number six did the blood draw by, or by themselves, I wanted, I said, I am amazed at your strength and your courage. 
And those are, I know those are strengths that she has. And sometimes it just helps when mom notices, you know, it just does. So please do your best to get your autistic graduate and yourself those, and you need to know them like right front of mind. Um, if you're one of your, if your graduates is like graduates is, is like one of my, my graduates, um, they didn't need to go to the place to take the test. They didn't need for me to ask them who they admired. They just knew what their strengths were right up front. What really mattered to them about what they knew they were strong about. And they just rattled off five, just like that. So you may not need anything extra except, you know, just to ask the question, what do you think your strengths are? Um, so I just think wordsmithing it into an acronym makes it easier to remember because repetition reinforces the circuits in our brain and forms neural connections so that in our weakest hour, when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we're frustrated, we don't talk ourselves out of our greatness. That's why we want to get this stuff down so it's so simple. And this is the first part of your GPS. So I'm going to, um, that's the, let's see, I, got, I think I have one more slide here. And that's, we talked about why we're here because we want to flourish along with our kids. And then we've got some extra, um, we have some extra shifting to do, understanding to do, to connect better and to agree on practices that we both believe in order to help them and us get out of life what we want. And then we know that operating from our strengths is really brings out the best in us. So I think we covered today's agenda. I can't wait to, to talk to you tomorrow specifically about what we're going to do next to get what we want. And there's a process to get down to that one thing that we're going to do next. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow. So I'm going to, um, if you want to come on for the Q&A, just let me know, raise your hand, and I will do my best. Um, I will unmute you as quickly as I can. And, oh, I did want to introduce, um, give Carol just a minute while you guys are talking to talk about what life was like before she joined the Art of Adulting and what it's like now. So let me make sure, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself, Carol. Can you do that down in the corner there? Perfect. Thank you. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hi, my name is Carol, my son. Uh, my son's name is Caleb, so I'll refer to him by name. Uh, he's now 17, as Lynn indicated. Uh, he started uh, with Lynn in this program, or we did as a family, when he began high school. And I've seen such a transformation in him as a result of Lynn's uh, support and direction and intervention uh, when needed. And uh Traditionally, I was more of a parent who who wanted to just be in control and make everything just right, perfect, I suppose, so that um, these kids would turn out right, it, whatever that means. But it, it was part of my upbringing. It was that vision I just continued on with. And you know what? There is no right or wrong when it comes to people because we're, like Lynn said, we're all so different and I've come to understand the true meaning of neurodivergence and I've come to also realize I am neurodivergent and I also need to be understood heard and accommodated and supported and accepted as I am and um, the transformation that took place over these past few years with Lynn is exactly that 
I, I'm no longer that person that was the parent like I was for my my daughter, who is now um, an adult in her 20s. Um, I'm, I'm a different parent with my son and one where I've given him a voice. With my daughter, that wasn't necessarily the case. It was, I say you do. Sadly, I regret that. With my son, it is, let's talk. And I am listening. And... I will be there for you and I will help you through this. And trust me, I do. It takes every part of me um, lovingly, willingly to do this, but I want to because I I just absolutely love seeing the person he's become. He is so much more confident. He is so much more comfortable in his own skin. He he feels we are in a comfortable zone in our home. He can speak. He can he can behave as he wishes. No judgment, and um, that's the way it should be for everybody. And um, it allows him to become the person he wants to. He has dreams. He has goals, aspirations. He's determined. And uh, if I continue the way I was, I don't know that he'd be where he is now. And I think that would be a great problem and a very sad sad situation to be in uh, for him. So I'm just encouraging everyone. This program is absolutely worth it. Lynn knows what she's talking about. She's been there for decades, lots of experience, lots of people in her life uh, who've given her the opportunity to learn and grow um, as a parent, a guide, a teacher, a uh, coach. And um, so I I, uh, I think you're not going to regret um what this program has to offer. I, I wish you the best. And I, uh, my only, um, my only uh, recommendation would be to, um, and this is not easy, is not to just take in and uh, pocket what you're learning and receiving through Lynn, but to please do put it into practice, take action. There will be no changes unless you take that step. I know you're tired, so am I. I know you're overwhelmed, so am I, but take the time. It's absolutely worth it, and the results are, are absolutely wonderful <laughs> and hopeful. And, um, yeah, that's what I have to say. <laughs> so kind, Carol. Thank you. She's Carol's a teacher as well. She um, tutors um, diverse kids, so I, I wish we had one of her for each one of our children. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for that segue. And please uh, raise your hand. Oh, there's Lorraine. Oh gosh. Hi, Lorraine. She's from, she's actually in the, my neck of the woods. So um, please let me know, raise your hand. If you have a question, if you have something that you want, okay. Raise your hand. iPad. How am I going to unmute you? Got it. Okay. You, oh, you have to unmute yourself iPad. Oh, hello. There you go. Hi. Hi. Oh, and um, I see your graduates right there with us. I just can't see anything but the top of his head. Oh, there you are. Okay. Hello, graduate. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Sorry, I just, I, I'm not too, I'm not very big on cameras. That's fine. <laughs> you don't have to be on camera. That's good. It's just we, now that we know you're there, I want to make sure that you're heard as well because, um, you know, I know you're going to keep us real here. You're not Thank you. Yes. I'm blunt as that well. That's perfectly wonderful because we want to know what you're thinking. All right. Hi, Lorraine. Oh, my gosh. A fellow Rochesterian here. 
Hello. How are you? Late, but, but here, yes. I'm very glad you're here. All right. So tell us more. What's going on? Um, what's your first name, iPad? <laughs> oh, sorry. You, you got it. My name's Adam. What is it again? Oops. You there you go. Try it again. My, my name's Alexander. Alexander. And what's your mom? Your mom's I'm name? I'm Melissa. And Melissa. Hi, both of you. So tell me what's what's going on. What can I help you with? Oh. Okay, so my graduate's going to be 23 next month. Um, he's been working a part-time job for two years now. Um, yeah. He, uh, we've known he's been uh, high-functioning on the spectrum well, since he was two and a half. Well, technically, I have Asperger's. I was diagnosed before I was moved in. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we've lived this life for a while. Yes. And she also, he, he became a big brother at 16. Oh, so, cool. so yeah, I have a six-year-old who will be seven next month. Okay. And, um, diving into this new realm of trying to get my graduates to understand that she has needs that are different than his mm -hmm. and learning how to, um, I guess navigate for him to be more independent mm -hmm. because he's now, I, I would say regressed some of his tendencies the because COVID helped help regress it. Yeah. So a lot of that was um he saw the attention she was getting and thought, well, I need it. Well and, it makes perfect sense to me. I'd like all yeah. of your attention. <laughs> so I'm I'm just I guess we're here to try to get him to be more independent. Like I, I would love to see him be able to ride the bus. Mm -hmm. Um um, I, I worry about like things like going to the doctors. We have to take him. And of course he signed for um, shared information. Mm -hmm. You know, he does take medication and um, it's his temper. There's a lot to it, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So we spent a lot, a lot of time advocating and I, I just want him to start doing it for himself. Amen. I know that's what we all want because we know that our runways are not infinite. They're going to have to do it on their own someday. And we just finished working with a chartered special needs consultant. And he reminded us that when we do our financial plans, we look at what if something catastrophic happened in the next five years? And that's the scenario. Whenever my, my graduates push back on something that they don't want to do because it's uncomfortable. And I say, look, you want to be able to do this in case something does happen to me. And then they go, oh, I don't even think about that. And neither do I, frankly, but I'd like to plan for it just in case, right? So that's why tomorrow when you come back, you're going to see how we divide life into 10 parts. We focus on what we've already done so we know we can create what we want. Then we go to what do we want next because we all are human and humans just continue to want more. That's just the nature of our, of our being. And then what are we willing to do next? And often the thing that we have to do is outside of our comfort zone. And so that hopefully the vision of what they want, you know, if they clarify it and get it really specific and they right size it. Okay. So yeah, I'd like to have $10 million in the bank, but that's probably not going to happen. So I'm going to be, you know, very content with at least just putting in $6,000 into a Roth IRA or seven, whatever the limit is this year. I'm going to right size it to what something is that I think I can do. And that's what we're going to work on next. And we're not going to have, 
you know, 75 things we want to work on next. We're going to narrow it down. And then we're going to take those things and we're going to put it on their phone. So no longer, mom, are you responsible for keeping track of what they want? They become responsible for keeping track of that and what they're going to do next. Now, it, it's helpful if you know what it is that they want next. So you may want to keep something, you know, in to refer to. But you also need to know what you want next. And so you don't get lost because you could tell from that research that I cited earlier that our mental health gets deeply intertwined with our children. And we want to just pull that apart a little bit so that we can both be a little bit more independent and thrive together in the interdependency that is a family. We're not striving to, you know, get rid of them. That's not the goal here. We're striving to live well in a, as a family together. That's really what we want. I know that's what I want. I don't want my kids to ever be apart from me. I love them too much. I want to be part of their lives. I still, though, know that I have to make them as independent as possible so that when something does happen to me at the end of my runway, they're okay. All they're dealing with is my loss, the loss of me, not how to figure out the rest of their life. I want them to have figured that out before I do my smooth exit from this world. So that's my, that's what I'm trying to achieve. I hope I've answered your question, please. Um, I am available again on Wednesday at 11 o'clock, not tomorrow, because I'll be teaching, but the next Wednesday, I will, I, I do a mini masterclass every Wednesday. It's free. Want to come in and ask me more questions. I'd love to have you there as well. That'd be great. So, yeah. Yeah. Come on in both of I'd love to see both of you. Thank All right. You. I echo everything Carol just said. I can't speak right now because of activity in the house being noisy, but Carol summed it up beautifully. Oh, Paula, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for that. All right. So who's next? Who has a question? Raise your hand. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Julie. We just, hi, Julie. We just moved into the question and answer portion. So if you have a question, please raise your hand and then I can find you. So I'm going to mute you in the meantime, just because the extra noise can bother people, but really glad you're here. You can turn off, you can turn on your cameras if you'd like to, but, um, oh yeah, the Roth IRA. Roth IRAs are really important, and let me tell you a reason why. If you put it in a regular IRA, and this is what I learned from my um, the financial guy we worked with, whose sister is um, has Down syndrome, and he's doing everything he can. This is his mission to help people with disabilities um, figure out the financial future. And he told me this something I did not know, and that is if you put your if your kid inherits your IRA, then it becomes part of and you have a supplemental needs trust, which we all all of our kids should have because if they are entitled to benefits, we don't want their assets to be counted so that they have the resources they need to become independent that a lot of wise people before us designed to be there. Um, so in the United States, Carol can speak better to Canada, but in the United States, if you put your IRA into a supplemental needs trust, and when it comes out of the supplemental needs trust, it's taxed at the at the trust rate, which is close to 
So whatever you put in there that's in an IRA is gonna, half of it is gonna have to be paid back in taxes when they withdraw it if it's inside of a trust. So what you wanna do is you wanna put as many assets as possible that are, um, that are not tax sheltered inside their supplemental needs trust so that when they withdraw it, they don't have anything else to pay other than their normal income taxes. They don't have a special penalty imposed because it's coming out of a trust. So just um, that's what I learned from my chartered special needs consultant that I hired when we were putting together um, the a financial plan for our kids and for ourselves. We did the, the other piece of advice he gave me, which was so obvious, but genius was hire a lawyer who's younger than you are because you want them to be there when your kids, uh, when you pass. <laughs> and you want to at least up the um, up the possibility that they'll be there when you pass so that uh, they know they're part of that team. And Lorraine James told you that too. Yeah, so Lorraine had the same as well. Yes, okay, so you're looking forward, Anne is talking about looking forward to hearing more about the tools that's tomorrow that graduates find helpful for following through on actions because tomorrow is when we're gonna be talking about the 10 domains what they have, what they want, what they're gonna do next and what affects their motivation. What is it that they can manage to change their motivation level? And it's possible because I've got the formula. So who else has a question? Oh, Anne, see you tomorrow. Yes, thank you. Thank you. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. All right, I've forgotten about the series. It didn't get on the calendar. When's the next meeting? And where's the link for Wednesday? Okay, sorry, we had family and job issues. I totally get it. You know, life happens. So, um, all right. Yes, you can still sign up. And let me just make sure. I think it's going to work with my system. If you don't get a message that says, um, you know, congratulations, you're signed up, just send me an email. So, I'll make sure that you know. So the way you sign up is um, at this link. All right, and my email is lynn at lynncdavison.com. You can reply to just any email you ever get from me and you'll be able to, okay, Marie, don't tell me what is happening in your family, Marie. Hi, um, this is Marie. Um, I'm from Michigan okay. and my son is 24. Okay. He is a um, high school graduate. He did two years, got a certificate in graphic design at um, the community college. He drives, has his own car, and he has a full-time job. Okay. So he's doing very well yes. um, in that aspect. Of course, social um, aspect, he is not um, real social. Um, he would like to be, I think, but it, he definitely has holdbacks. Um, the issue in the house, and it's been like this for a lot of years, is his addiction to his computer games. And that may be an issue. I feel like it's an issue for a lot of boys and girls, I suppose. Not just them. It's for me. It's for all of us. You know, it's so, um, yeah, so it's been a very large conflict, um, arguments, um, threatening to, turn off the Wi-Fi, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Of course, you know, you ask them and they're like, nope, not right now, not right now. Of course, you know, you give them some time and that's 
you know, not enough. Restricting restricting time is um, unheard of. It's torture. It's, you know, it's, of course, the end of the world for them. Um, of course, he's, this has been since he's been a teenager and he's 24. So this will, obviously, it's a passion. <laughs> it's an addiction. Um, I'm just wondering, how do you curb that? You know, how do you try and curb these kids' fixations? Um, I feel like it's impossible. <laughs> okay. And maybe you're going to go through that, I, I guess. Is that something that we look forward to hearing or that's just one of our big issues? So the big issue is how do we get their attention? It doesn't matter if it's a book, if it's a, you know something online, if it's, you know, whatever it is, we want to get their attention. And no one need, likes to be told what to do or threatened to, so that they comply. None of them like that. So I've, I've given up on that after, you know, six kids, I've, yeah, I just give up. I'm going to try a different way. And my different way is to backfill their calendar with their dreams and figure out what they want so that they motivate themselves to get it. And so they spend less time on screens because they realize that you cannot ever get enough of something that isn't truly satisfying. And spending their time on screens is not truly satisfying it leaves if it, you know the research suggests and we've seen it ourselves them not in a good place often so what we want to do is move their attention from being successful in that environment and it's it makes perfect sense i mean they're successful in that environment because it's a controlled environment they know the rules they know they can't die they know that there are people on there often and they get some socialing socialization going on there as well. So it's an environment set up to hook them. There's a um, near y'all, sorry about N-I-R-E-Y-A-L, wrote a wonderful book called Distracted. And he will, or hooked, sorry, called hooked, H-O-O-K-E-D. And near will, is the Bible, his book is the Bible for the people that design games. Well, guess what he also wrote? He wrote another book about how not to stay distracted. And he uh, recommends exactly what I'm saying to you, which is to um, backfill their life with what matters to them. And in order to do that, we have to get really specific about it because um, and get it recorded because then we can spend the time on looking about that and imagining that so that it rewires our brain. And that's what we're going to do tomorrow. And we have them put it right on their phone. We use Google Tasks to do it. So it's free and it works on every phone. And then they have it in front of them. It's not a piece of paper that they can lose. And it can it connects right to their calendar so they can schedule what they're going to do next. It's a brilliant tool for our people. It really works. So um, what I mean when I say backfill their life with what matters to them, it's for them to decide what they want next and to spend the time on that so that instead of having this much time spent on screens, they borrow some of that time for what matters to them. I'm not suggesting that they should eliminate screens from their lives. They are, screens are marvelous. Look at, look at us, we're on one. It's not that, it's that we need to make sure that we put the right amount and we don't overdo screens. That's what the focus is, so good. Um, can't see the link for tomorrow. The link for tomorrow is the same one. I use the same Google, um, Zoom link, so no worries there. And you will get an email, hopefully before four o'clock today, 
with that on there too. So yes, fixations are wonderful. Fixations are great. I'm fixated on this and people think I'm crazy. I'm fixated on trying to help in this area. And I don't know, it's brought a ton of richness and people and in my, to my life. And it's just, um, you know, made me help me grow. And I've met wonderful people like Carol and Brittany, and there are many others that I've met. I'm very lucky. Um, this is my fixation. So, uh, yes. All right. So going to the universe, a lot of our kids, um, I'm just looking at tomorrow. A lot of our kids go to school and get overwhelmed the first year and then but that's okay the problem is that they start to think it means something about them and it doesn't mean a thing it just means in that environment there were too many challenges at that time it doesn't mean they can't do it later but at that time it was just too much they weren't getting the support they needed at that time or maybe they were blocking the support that was offered. That happened in my family. It, you know, it's there's ways to do this. We just haven't figured it out yet. So I'm really glad that you're there for her. Um, I get it that she's, you know, got the academic smarts. The other stuff is pulling her down, and that's often executive function challenges. Um, social maybe, but I think it's 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 usually executive function challenges. It's usually more about getting how to get the stuff done that needs to get done without scaring herself, managing that mental health without scaring herself that it's not going to work out and all the catastrophizing that our kids um, tend to do. That's that's day three. That's Thursday. We're going to talk a lot about anxiety and why that plays such a role with our graduates and what we can do about it. There are things we can do definitely are things that we can do. All right. So um, who else? There we go. Who else wants something we've got? Oops. It's out. How did that happen? See, this is what they talk about with flow. This is when we get so immersed in what we're doing, we lose total track of time. And that's what's just happened to me. It's like, what do you mean? It's after 12. And I said, it was only going to take an hour, but um, I'm determined to stay on here as long as you have questions. So I will, I will um, shrink my lunch for you because <laughs> I'm on the Eastern and it's um, 12.05. So raise your hand, tell me what you want. Give me something in the chat that says you want to come on. I, I think I've hit as many of them so far as I can. Okay. Yeah, computer, the tech is always such a pain. Um, yes. All right. Yep, second year university studies right there. We're going to talk about that on Thursday and the whole anxiety piece. I just want to respect people's time in that you signed up for an hour. And um, but I'm I'm here. If you want me more, just raise your hand. The way you raise your hand is you just you just like take your mouse over the screen, and there's a um, there's usually a raise hand option or a reactions option, either one. Nicole, bless your heart that you moved out. Good job. Well done. So if you would like, please just continue chatting, posting in the chat, or I'm happy to bring you on if you want. You just have to unmute yourself. I just unmuted myself. You what I was going to say is yes. Thank you. I'm sorry I missed this. I was on another Zoom, but yeah, it was a challenge, but I finally got tired of, I'm 36, I don't look it, but I finally got tired of living with my 
family and they're really nice. They're wonderful people, but I just wanted to have my own independence. Mm -hmm. So I moved out on my own, moved from Toronto to Montreal, decided to move to another city because if I didn't, they I knew my parents would keep coming in every day to try to check on me. So if I moved to another city, they it would be a lot harder. Though I do have some relatives just a five minutes walk from from me who also have autistic adult kids. So you so, can so I do have support. Life. Yes. But uh yeah, I live in a, a basement apartment that I mm -hmm. that I rent. It's only a thousand a month. It's it was really hard to find. My parents helped me find it through yeah. Facebook Marketplace. The learning to cook on my own, learning to take the the bus on my own, and it, it's been quite rewarding. I've been meeting a lot of people through through church, so you know I'm not completely alone. And it, it's definitely worth it. It's never too late to try, and it's definitely worth it. And I was just going to mention about somebody said that their adult son was on on uh, video games all the time i would suggest you can't get rid of an autistic special interest or fixation it's just it's part of autism you can't get rid of it nor should you but what i would say whoops we lost your sound nicole i don't know oh, I... oh no you accidentally hit mute I'm i was going to say using use the the games to motivate him for example, yeah, there, there may he, maybe he is getting too stuck on them. The, I, I, I can see where that is. I can get stuck on screen stuff, and and then the ADHD, the ADHD, <laughs> kicks in. So he gets so caught up on the games that he forgets things and misses stuff. That that's a problem. So there may be a timer on the game that that may, you know give him an alert or something that he's been on for a certain amount of time. So, and then he can, you know, say, okay, you know, give say a half hour and then say, okay, now time to save it. So, so he could do that, but also turn it into a career. Like he's 24, you know, so you're never too old to go to university. There, there are animation schools. There are, coding schools he could he could certainly create video his own video games or work on in at a company that develops video games become a software developer he he will have a career so that will get him out of the house or he could do it at home but you, you kind of want to get him out of the house but that will that will get him a career based on his special interest and then he'll be able to afford living somewhere so that you use use that as a motivator to get them out well thank you so much for coming on here as a beacon of light nicole we really appreciate hearing your story and your suggestions because you know i mean you have you know you've been there you've done this and it's just so i try and do my best um, I rely on Brit a lot of times because I work with her and she she keeps me real sometimes like, no, you can't say that. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, it just it's just very helpful to have that perspective live in in person with us. So thanks so much. Let me get back. Um, let me tell Rhonda that you missed much, much. That's not a problem. I'm gonna be sending you an email, hopefully by four today. 
that will that's that's going to have the link to the replay page, and I hopefully will have done some stuff where I'm going to make it easier for you. In addition to making it possible for you to listen, and you don't have to just um, you don't have to be in front of your computer. So yes, you will definitely get that link as long as you've signed up, which is possible probable because you're here. Um, Beth, I do have I have experience with um, a graduate with schizophrenia, autism often comes with an other diagnosis. And I just wanna assure you of something that I learned from autism in a nutshell. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but she has wonderful website or wonderful YouTube channel, autism in, or sorry, it's not autism in a nutshell. It's therapy in a nutshell. I think it's therapy in a nutshell. I hope I have the right one, but anyway, she's marvelous. She reminded me that all mental health diagnoses are based on observations of behavior. No one has taken a blood test and said they have schizophrenia. No one has taken a blood test and said they had autism or borderline personality disorder or um, oppositional defiant disorder or any of the, the whole alphabet soup. They've just observed behaviors. And no one knows if it's autism or bipolar or whatever it is. No one knows they guess based on the behaviors that they observe and obviously the other information that they have from other scientists. So I want to encourage you that yes, um, schizophrenia is not a death sentence. You don't, you're, you may be getting, you know, you may not, it may not carry on and, you know, may go away, um, but it may still be there. And all we need to do is understand what's at the basis of it and do what we can to help with the thinking so that the emotions, actions, and results follow. And it's possible. It's very possible. It can be very challenging, but it's very possible. Um, there are many people working with schizophrenia. Bye, Carol. Thanks for coming. Um, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I know somebody with schizophrenia. My cousin, who's non-speaking autistic and writes with a letter board and communicates with a letter board, his uncle, who's not on the related side, but on his non-related side, is um his non-related to me side, I should add, is um has schizophrenia, and he lives on his own. He's he's probably in his fifties. Really, really nice, really, really nice person. He lives lives on his own. I think he lives in a in a an apartment that's designed for independent living, but for people with different disabilities and neurodiversities, and he he lives on his own he he's he often you know he's actually become a, a friend of a friend of mine because he he lives with he 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 through 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 my cousin and the, the relatives that live five minutes away and he's, he's he lives on his own he he lives you know it, it's it's housing and i think has support but they still live on their own and independently and Kind of like you have for independent seniors, and mm -hmm. he's he's quite happy. He has a fulfilling life. He cooks of his own. I don't know if he has a job or not, but I think I think he gets disability pay. But he he lives on his own. He he transits on his own. He's on medications. The schizophrenia has been treated, and he's he's a he has a fulfilling life. So yeah, it's schizophrenia. It's a neuro it's a neurodivergent difference as well, and. With the right supports, anybody can live the life they want to live. And that's exactly the message here. And we're just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to give you a roadmap. 
I want to share what's worked for us. And then inside the art of adulting, I do everything I can to offer as many um, as many tools as possible, because I know that, you know, one size does not fit all, especially in our neurodiverse population here. So you pick from them. So I have over, I don't know, 150 plus various tools that um, I make available. And then we, uh, I talk with graduates and I talk with parents every week. So I do what I can to help um, solve problems with them so that they figure out what, what works for them too both parents and adults and the graduates. So um, I'd love for you to join me. Let me let, um, does anybody else just in the chat, if you've got something you want me to do right there? Yes, there will be a recording, Cindy. No worries, you'll get an email from me probably hopefully before four o'clock this afternoon after I've done a few things to, to, prepare the, um, to prepare the page. And thank you so much to Nicole. I think she just um, turned off her, her camera, but I don't know if she's still here, but wow. Thank you so much, Nicole. I really appreciate your, um, I didn't know you before and I'm very happy to meet you. All right, so I'm gonna see everybody tomorrow and same time, 11 o'clock Eastern. I hope that worked for you. Yep, bye for now.